Hey everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour, the hour of the day when the veil is thin. I have a beautiful guest for you today. Um, one of the people I have loved and respected forever. Uh, the one and only Fiona Horn. She's great. She's Australian. She's a witch. She's an author. She's a pilot. She's a singer. But before I bring her on, where's Patty? Gotta look. If you are checking into this on the week that we first drop, which is the week of Monday, August 14th. I'm in New Orleans. Yep, actually, I just finished a big weekend of Hexfest with Fiona, today's guest, and some of the best witches and pagans from all over the country and all over the world. I'm sure it was a fabulous three days. I'm going to be hanging out here for a day or two, and then I'm off to film with the Ghost Finders. I'm sure you know them from my Paraflix channel, and I think they're on a few other channels. So I'm doing two episodes with them, and then I am heading way out directly to Michigan Paragon, my Paracon. So the one way up in, um, it's a super great show. Everybody comes, um, who's anybody. I mean, it's just like, I sit there fangirling the whole weekend. It's really fun. So come fangirl with me. Uh, so no classes for me this week. Um, no, no university magical things, no seances. But if you're anywhere in New Orleans or Michigan, you know, come on down. In September, I will be um, doing a witchy weekend in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the 21st through the 24th. That's going to be great. All witchy workshops and sessions and seances and all sorts of great things. Um, and then in the end of the month, I'm going to Massachusetts Paracon with my friend Sam Baltrusis and doing all sorts of fun things with more fun people. Okay, and of course, on Wednesday, there is the Witches Movie Coven. Tune in live. Um, it'll still be on my YouTube. It'll be on Facebook, everywhere that you can watch it. And it's page with YouTube. I'm not sure if I'm going to be there or not because life's a mystery, but Heather and Jason and Richard Lael and Courtney will all be there. So check that out. Um, and of course, check out my website, my YouTube page. There's hours and weeks and endless things that you could see me doing classes and lessons and education and all of these, my witching hour are there. And then go by mysterycontrol.com and buy some power panties or some spellcaster shirts or some witches movie coven wraps and mugs and you don't a shop don't you we like to shop so go to mystery control and secret to you if you go to mysterycontrol.com use the special code patty you can get 25 percent off what you buy including my power panties and my spellcaster line so 25 percent you're practically saving money by shopping and spending money that's what my mom would always say. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's Where's Patty. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the Willow Report. The little star who just does not like to look at the camera. Uh, oh, there we go. That's my Willow. Today's Willow Report, we're going to talk about what you do when you away or traveling or working and you miss your baby dog or cat or whatever it is this is her new habit just laying down in my shoulder and neck she is so cute um i am gone right now i'm taping this just beforehand but i was just going to give you some of my little tips and tricks for willow of what to do 
to keep in contact and connection with your pet when you're gone or they're away. Um, one is video calls. Everybody has one on their phone now. They actually can see. They can see, there's mama. Hi, baby. Yeah, you'll look like an idiot, but that's fun. You talking to your kid? No, I'm talking to my dog. I'm talking to my cat. They love it. Um, when I do it from home, I see her ears perk up. My husband will hold the phone up to her. Even if it's just your voice, even you don't have video, they will actually hear your voice. It's a way to keep connected. Before you leave, make sure that you leave some your scent at the house. Don't wash everything before you go. Have maybe one dirty t-shirt or the your blanket or your pillowcase that you didn't wash and leave it a place that they can lay on it and get close to it. Um, this is one of their, yeah. Scent is one of their strongest like hearing and sight and everything else. So leave them a little piece of you that they can know you're coming back and they are there. Um, and, and all you magical witchy people, connect in with them psychically. You can, you really, really can. Send them good wishes, send them good thoughts, send them whispers, hi Willow, hi Willow. What are you doing, baby girl? Mama's thinking about you all the way from New Orleans. Mama's thinking about you all the way from New Orleans. She is missing you. She hasn't seen a dog as cute as you anywhere. And they kind of hear it. At least their subconscious will hear it. And, you know, I, I test this all the time. My husband's like, is she moving around? I'm talking to her. And a lot of the times it is. So it can't hurt. It can help. And we're magic people. It really works. So. We do have to leave our babies sometimes, but always keep that connection. And she's going to go to sleep now. That's the Willow Report. Okay, for this week's magic lesson, we're going to talk about travel spells and travel magic. Why? Because I'm traveling and I know a lot of you travel all the time too, whether short little trips or big trips around the world. Um, we all go somewhere sometime. And why not use the magic that we use for our candles and our spells and everything else for travel? Travel can be scary sometime. Travel can be confusing sometime. Um, luggage can get lost sometime. Um, people me can get lost sometime. So I would thought I would just give you a few of my little tips and tricks that I do on travel that I haven't lost any luggage yet. Knock on wood. I haven't got lost that I haven't been found yet. Knock on wood. Um, so one of the things that my favorite, you know how I like amulets and things. Here's my little helm of awe. Here's my everything. Make yourself or get yourself a nice protection amulet. Um, create something with protective symbols or sigils. It doesn't have to be an official necklace. It could be something that you carry with you in your pocket or your purse, but this is my specific. If you know how to make sigils, maybe make yourself a spare sigil or something that says safety in travel and make a beautiful design out of it and carry it with you. Charge it before you use it. It really makes a difference. If you want to do a nice candle spell, make a safe passage candle. Get a white or a blue candle. Um, visualize a beautiful bubble of protection all around you and your mode of transport, whether you're on a plane, a train, an automobile, or a bicycle. Bubble that. Put your hands in around the candle and infuse that bubble with travel safety. Um, put your intentions into it for a smooth and safe journey, and you will take that protection with you. Um, Bless your mode of transportation before you get in that Uber or plane or bus or train. 
send it blessings, send blessings and good thoughts to the pilots or the driver or everybody out there. The better they are and the better the equipment is, the better everything is and know you'll be safe. Um, if you work with moon water, do a moon water blessing. Put a small container of water in the moon to bless it. And while you're gone, put it out the night before. Splash yourself in it in the morning. If you work with mojo bags and sachets, make yourself a little herb sachet. And I'm going to go over some of them in a minute if anybody wants to know some really good ones. Um, of course, visualization. See yourself getting there safely, getting home greatly. And then always remember to add gratitude that you get to travel. Even some travel isn't the most fun travel. I've got to go home and take care of something. I've got to go home and take care of things. Still be in gratitude that you have that opportunity to do it, even if it isn't the funnest trip. So any kind of travel, be in gratitude that you do get to do it. One of my favorite things, because I carry a lot of stuff and it's important stuff that I need when I get there for doing conventions or for filming or my witchy stuff. Um, do a magical protection on your luggage. Um, it's really simple. I almost always do my little helm of awe. And I actually have, my friend Angie got it for me, I think on Etsy, a little helm of awe luggage tag. This is on one side, my information's on the other. I charged it, of course, with safety and you can. But otherwise, just write it on a little postcard or a piece of paper. I would say get a crystal. Um, quartz crystal or maybe even a little black tourmaline. It could be little. Get one for each of your bags if you have more than one bags. Charge them with, okay, you are getting my luggage there, my bags there safely. So whether you tuck those into your suitcase, know that they will get there and get to you that much more safer. I came up with a little chant that you could do. Um, hold your crystal if you put a little crystal into a little stone. By crystal's might and magic's grace, a shield of protection, my luggage embrace, safe travels, it shall endure, unharmed, secure, and ever sure. Or make up your own. Rhyming is fun, but it doesn't have to. Um, the other thing that um, I like to do is, because I get lost, I do get lost. If you want to make yourself a, a safe travel spell, that's really great too. Uh, same thing. I would get a little piece of quartz for that. Or amethyst is good. Quartz or amethyst for so you don't get lost. So you don't get lost. Um, if you have a compass of any sort, do the compass, hold the compass and hold the stone and really empower it that your intention clearly and firmly with this crystal, I will ask for guidance and clarity to keep me from getting lost in my travel. That's it. Charge it. Breathe into it. Remember, your breath is powerful. Hold on to it and keep it with you. And if you have that compass, you could leave that at home or carry it with you because it actually might help you going north, going south, going west, or going east. Um, one more thing. I did want to give you some of the protective things. If you want to put in a little herb bag or you want to put a little bit just in your uh, suitcase, some of my favorite protection herbs, rosemary, because it's just always known for its protective properties. It wards off negative energies and even promotes mental clarity, which will help you when you're traveling and you don't know which direction to go. Um, lavender has a calming effect and healing and calming and soothing is really good when you're traveling in somewhere new or at a crazy airport or bus station. Basil, also known for its protective and, you, and purifying qualities. You can get that right out of your kitchen. St. John's wort, that's a good one. It's often used for protection against negative energies and harmful entities. Because again, if you're going magical paces and a lot of you are going paranormal investigating or to sacred and magical sites, a little St. John's wort and a little pouch will do you good. 
Um, bay leaves, take them right out of your kitchen. Always good for magical purposes, including protection. Carry a few dried leaves. You can even put those in your luggage safely and they won't leak out on anything. So there's several more, but those are my favorite along with black tourmaline stone and then have safe travel and fun travel and make sure you always find yourself home. That's the magic for today. Hey everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Yes, the hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. And I've got some amazing magic for you today, all the way from down under. Yes, I have Fiona Horn, one of the most well-respected authors, witches, adventurers. I mean, I've just followed you my whole career and beyond. Um, I've had you on before and just couldn't stand it. So I had you on again. You, I know you have a new Oracle deck out and you have like 15 books out. So welcome, Fiona. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. So let's start out with your new, you are here in Los Angeles right now when we're taping, which is exciting. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I'm actually sitting in Malibu looking out at the ocean and uh, there's dolphins out there and uh, and I'm celebrating with a naughty drink. For me, that's a glass of kombucha because I'm coming up on 11 years sober. But uh, I just I just hit send on the manuscript to my, for my, like, oh God, I lost count, 16th book, I think. I don't know about you, but do you do a happy dance? You know, I, you I do. I, I, yeah. I do happy dance. I'm I do a happy dance. <laughs> Congratulations! That is that is awesome. Thank you. I've got one, and one turned in. I know how hard it is. Oh man, it was like I just—it's just been like you know the start and finish of every day for for quite a while. You know, the the day of when we we wrote books, and you were kind of you, you put a year aside to do nothing but write a book. And these days, with our multi-dimensional lives, our our multi-dimensional, I guess, uh, careers pertaining to our spiritual life, you know, being witchcraft and you've got social media and all that added stuff and then you're trying to actually write a book as well in the middle of it all and and uh, it's a blessing to have book deals and opportunities to be published, absolutely. I mean, I've been published since 1998 with a break in there, but, uh, yeah, you know, 30 years published and 16 books, bloody hell. Yeah, I just it, gets, it doesn't get easier. I think it gets harder. <laughs> um, yeah, that's when when this we are taping this just beforehand. When this airs, we'll have just spent the weekend together in New yes. Orleans for Hexfest. I'm sure it was fabulous. If we forward ourselves ahead, and well, I, I know that. Um, I mean, you and I don't have to be psychic or time travel to know that. We're going to have an amazing time. And, in fact, we did have an amazing time at Hexfest because Hexfest has been going. I was actually a guest for the very first one, which I guess, I guess now was like because we have to cut in the COVID times that those two years that, that shut it down. Um, but the first one was, you know, back in, I mean, I've been doing it. I've done seven. Wow. I think. Yeah. That's amazing. Or maybe six. Six. And then the COVID years break. And then now this would be the seventh. Yeah annual Hexfest. So, yeah, I remember when it started, it was a dream with Christian Day and his husband, Brian, to create a, 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 a convention, I guess, that would unite magically-minded people but also really celebrate our diversity and, and even bring groups of people together that are from what may be at surface level appear to be opposing 
schools of esoteric thought or practice and, and where we can all learn from each other and with each other. So I, I think Hexfest is really unique for that reason. Yes, I, th I think so too. And that's my whole belief system, what it is. That's even what I've patterned my school after. Um, mm. After that, going, yes, that's what we want. multi yeah. you know, working together or learning, but, you know, understanding. Yeah. Um, Another thing I just saw, I, I know, I just saw, I was just watching you on magic.com. You look so cute. Oh. I, Fiona. So tell it's us what that fun. is. And then tell us about your new Oracle deck. Well, 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 magic.com, for, for anyone watching and listening, here's an example of, of what it is online. Um, it's an online shopping environment, which is, I guess, one of the, the biggest, most comprehensive collections of anything to do with magic and esoteric stuff in the world. Um, and you can, they'll deliver anywhere in the world. But they, um, they're actually based in Los Angeles and are launching uh, this kind of HSN QVC for witches and the mystically minded. And they had a host or have a host, Lorraine Anderson, and she's the creator of an incredible series of Oracle decks called Seasons of the Witches, one for each Sabbath. So they're up to, they're about to release Mabon. They've done Samhain and you know, they're going to have eight decks eventually, but um, she and I have the same publisher, Rockpool Publishing. But so magic.com had Lorraine hosting this kind of, you know, what they wanted to launch as an HSN QVC for, for witches and, and people interested in, in anything to do with esoterica and alternative things. And so they said, would I come on as a guest? And I did last week. And we had such a blast last week at the time of you and I talking. We had such a blast. Um, Lorraine and I just had an immediate chemistry and rapport. And, you know, I've worked professionally in TV in the entertainment industry. I did for a very long time. And I, I worked back in the days when, you know, there was no internet and TV was TV and it was mainstream and there wasn't all the Netflix and everything else. And if you're on TV, it was a big deal and there wasn't a lot of it compared to now. And I was struck by you know, how you can do a home streaming show on an inter like through an online shopping store and it's like being on TV in the old days where it's, you know, you're doing a full-on professional situation with, you know, with prompts and scripts and stuff and this and that and producers and, and everyone else. And um, just amazing what you can achieve and how you can have a reach out there now that bypasses the old school way of doing things, which is where I originally came from. But I also know that it's unusual to have that much rapport to just meet someone, go, oh, Fiona, Lorraine, Lorraine, Fiona, and then just click. Nice. And that's the kind of thing that casting agents spend, you know, companies will spend a fortune on hiring casting agents to try and get people that can just get along on camera and naturally, you know, play off each other and, and also be authentic. And I think that was one of the things I enjoyed so much about presenting the first show with Lorraine is she really knows her stuff. She's a, she's a potion maker. She's an incredible witch. She's just a really great person, very insightful, very thoughtful, and very knowledgeable and fun. So, yeah, uh, no, so we're going to do it more often. I, I, I mean, I'm nomadic. I don't know where I live. I, I, wherever I lay my head at the end of the day is where I live right now. So I don't know how often I'll be able to do the show, but I'm definitely doing it again with her. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, you could see, yeah. you could tell your rapport right away from it. Especially, you know, when you see a lot of like that QVC type, HSN type stuff, it's like, they don't have that rapport. They're trying so hard to have that rapport. Yeah. So yours was, was natural. So there yeah, was we had a blast, yeah. So, so tell us about your new Oracle deck. Dark Magic Oracle is my second Oracle deck. And I was thrilled to have the opportunity to do another one. My first one was Magic of You Oracle that came out in 2019. Dark Magic Oracle ended up being written during the period of time that was the 
you know, the pandemics and the lockdowns and all that uncertainty in the world. And it, and it, it got very dark. Like it really started to sort of deal with the inconvenient emotions, you know, that, those ones where, you know, you're literally sitting alone and you, you sort of have too much time to yourself, you know, and you, you're feeling really isolated. And, and it kind of a lot of the themes in it reflect those times. I almost call it like a post-pandemic deck, but it's also about emerging into the light. So, you know, dark magic is about going into the dark, you know, and then reveal the light within. I wrote in my very first book in 1997 or 1998, there was a chapter, it has to be dark to see the stars. And so it is that that concept of, of, of looking into the darkness to see the brightest light because that's where it will shine and that's where it has an opportunity to shine. So um, that's the theme of, of the deck. And I was really lucky to work with a, a wonderful artist that I found on Instagram, Jessabella, who I just was... I was looking for art and, and they were uh, doing work where it was all self-portraiture. So every image in the book is actually Jess. It's their, they, their interpretation of the masculine and feminine divine. Some of their art was already existing um, and then we actually, I was actually had the opportunity to collaborate and, and create some images as well and uh, based on the themes I was hoping to explore within the deck. And so there's 36 cards. Um, definitely I, I sort of offer that they're cards for people who are working on uh, remnants of their inner child that are kind of injured or wounded or unresolved and also young people in general um, who haven't spent a lot of time on the path of life or in the classroom of life, uh, like, you know, the, the sort of teen to late teens to, to young adults and then also um, but people of any age who want to address some of the things that they may feel are intrinsically them but actually aren't. It's all conditioning and, and experience like like being locked down, like all that uncertainty. And um, so I had beautiful feedback from people who, who love that the cards are, are kind of moody and dark in their visual nature um, and also that the content of the cards is focused on that stuff that we feel sometimes we can't show the world. Oh, I've got to keep this private. I've got to keep up appearances, you know, and make sure I'm convenient to everyone else. Well, this is the card to take you know, into your room and, and throw when you don't feel convenient and you don't want to be. You want to work out your shit and find a way to shine a light through. And that's that's the themes of Dark Magic Oracle. Beautiful. So it sounds like a very personal Oracle deck versus I'm out giving readings to everybody. This is like I'm working on me now. For yeah. Once. It's like Magic of You Oracle was kind of, I created it for to be a deck that the readers could read for themselves. And Dark Magic is a, has a very much a similar theme. There's a book that comes with it that's quite, like all the Oracle decks have, have books that, that further explain the meanings of the cards. Um, there's, this is quite a lengthy book. I wrote quite a lot of words for it. Um, so it's still small. It still sits in the box. Beautiful packaging, thanks to Rockpool. They've done, they always do such lovely, lovely work. The cards have beautiful gilt edges, like silver edges. It's really tactile and beautiful. Um, but the book itself is not only the meanings of the cards, there's also a spell and ritual to go with each card and also a daily touch, you know, like, you know, different things you could do on a daily basis. Like what tea could you drink or what crystal could you carry or what colour clothing or item of clothing could you wear today um, to sort of empower or uh, bless your day with the lessons of the cards. So it's, it kind of tries to not only address the, the, the sort of metaphysical aspects of life but also the practical aspects and the advice that I offer. 
Oh, that's different. That's beautiful. That is great. Especially coming with spells and all that. That. So how did you get, you, again, for decades, you've truly been an le international leader in our field of, of what we do and, and how you've represented witches and pagans in such a positive light. Um, how, how did you get started? How did you find your path? Uh, well, really long time ago, I'd have to say, I've just, I'm, I'm 57 now, so it would have been when 40 years ago, 17, I'd say. Yeah, 17, when I was uh, realising that what I was drawn to, you know, growing up in the Australian suburbs of, with a lot of bush and a lot of nature and a lot of land um, and the New Age movement happening in the 80s, and this idea that, that in the natural world there was an intrinsic magic that I could experience and connect with and communicate with. And that was the beginning of that fascination with the elementals, air, earth, fire and water and all the aspects of that. And then also the, the idea that there could be a feminine principle of divinity because I was brought up in a strict Catholic environment. Um, and so, you know, when you're sort of looking at alternatives to that kind of upbringing and you're in those pivotal years of, of the teen years, um, the alternative I found was had a name and it was witchcraft. And it took me a while to work that out and to get past the Hollywood stereotypes and to realise that it wasn't anything to do with Satanism where that word has been kind of used around. It had nothing to do with anything that was Christian related because mm -hmm. Satan's, you know, obviously part of the Christian yeah. framework. Nothing to do with that. It was actually something very much older and, and more... Um, more uh, I was going to say intrinsic. It just it just felt more natural to me, and uh, and it was effortless. It was something I wanted to explore, do, experience, practice, and yet you know with the misconceptions around modern witchcraft at the time, I I ended up uh, I was in I was doing music. I was doing a lot of things. I was studying naturopathy. I wanted I thought to be a witch. If I want to heal with herbs and crystals and all that kind of stuff metaphysically, I've got to understand what it does medicinally so I put myself through naturopathy called natural school natural medicine school so I was in college doing that and I, it was a, it was an effort to validate what you know the spiritual calling I had was to make it okay well how can I use it practically as well and understand it and be and legitimize it um which I realized eventually isn't necessary you know but it was a fascinating way to, to start exploring that world and then I was doing music as well so I'm kind of working at a gym like working as a receptionist at a gym uh, or fitness studio, you know, uh, going to natural therapies college at night and playing in bands on the weekend. And then one of the bands got really successful in Australia and I became a big rock star. And so yeah. for seven years I was famous. Like, and, and the band toured Australia many times, came to America. Uh, we had two Billboard Top 20 hits. We, MTV played us on high rotation when MTV used to play music um, videos, you know. Remember. And it was, a, it was this era where I stepped into this, uh, the band was called Deaf Effects, and... I stepped into this uh, world of entertainment in a really big way. My witchcraft, I, I got very quiet with. I didn't, didn't talk about it. But my lyrics, my song lyrics lent, you know, if anyone read them or paid attention to what they were, would see that there was a lot of those esoteric themes and literally witch-related themes in those songs. There was a song I wrote called The Spiral Dance with a lyric, the wise witch wove her dreams, spinning coiled ropes of silver that wound around the trees. I was like singing about my ritual work, singing about my magical life, singing about the goddesses. There was another song, Hymn to Her, H-Y-M-N, Hymn to Her. Before, I think Chrissy Amphlett ended up, not Chrissy Amphlett, Chrissy Hines did a song like that, I think, in The Pretenders. But but this was before then. It, and to me, it was it seemed like, a, a you know, a 
at the time, you know, I'm a, a woman in music, a girl in rock and roll. It's, you know, there wasn't, you know, a lot of us really in the 90s. Um, there was some, we were starting to come through and, you know, it's like I toured with No Doubt with Gwen Stefani and, you know, played with Garbage, you know, with, with Shirley and my band was, you know, we had some big things that went on and I'd meet these other women doing high-profile music um, that were my peers and, but we all sort of said, oh, it's still really, you know, really sexist, patriarchal industry. But my, my practice in my personal life was, you know, I took my witch's altar with me everywhere. I'd set it up in the hotel rooms. It was my sanity to connect with the feminine divine through my craft whilst I'm on stage performing on TV, doing all this stuff and not ever talking about it openly. And it wasn't until the band broke up in 1997 that I uh, came out of the broom closet, as we say, you know, and uh, wrote my first book on witchcraft. And that was a bestseller because at the time my publisher was like, oh, you know, a, a rock star writing a book about witchcraft, that'll sell a few copies. And it, it was huge. And it launched this career where something that had been so much a private part of my life that was one of the ways I survived in this very male-dominated sexist environment of rock and roll. Um, it, it kept my sanity, it kept my soul, like, uplifted. And then now all of a sudden it's my job. And yeah. then, you know, and I realised, and I was told this once by an elder, a high priest, uh, that, you know, he said, Fiona, you know, you'll keep it secret for a while. You'll keep it to know, to will, to dare, to be silent. It'll stay in and then one day you'll be called to teach it. And you'll have to do it because we're all called to teach at some point. You know, he's a high priestess who's, you know, head leading a coven and has got this, you know, history of, of 30 years of practice and I'm a newbie you know but he was right and then you know when when you sort of do come out in the public front line in the late 90s there was charm there was all these shows tv shows it was getting really popular to be a witch but there was still a lot of the misconceptions and stereotypes as you know patty so yeah. when you're out there just addressing it addressing it addressing it it's it's amazing it's it's now to look at just how, you know, I, I had the 20th anniversary of my first book, public re, you know, they re-released it, HarperCollins re-released it. I guess it was, you know, now it was 2019, just before COVID that happened. But I had the opportunity to write a new forward and it was like, you know, 20 years ago, witches were shrouded in myth, suspicion and fear. These days, who doesn't know a proud, self-avowed witch, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's fantastic. And I think people like you and I, Phyllis Curot, Lucy Cavendish, all of us, you know, Starhawk, my gosh, I could start ripping through the names of us that were there as and, and, and front line for all the crap to allow to get us to a point where it's actually people can discuss it, talk about it, not be shamed and, and feel motivated, inspired and uh, free to forge the path of the craft as it's expressing itself now, which is, you know, why um, Hexfest, you know, that's one of the things about it that, you know, the event in New Orleans that you and I appeared at and, and we'll, you know, do it next year, I'm sure, um, is that it's it, it, it celebrates our differences. We're stronger when we're united in our differences. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, very similar stories because I kept mine very hidden too because I was in a corporate, I had run a production company, but mm. very corporate and I'm like, these people cannot know, like I dance around bonfires and, you know, talk to dead people and all do this stuff until mm. 2008 and the big corporate crash and then somebody needed me to do a seance and just, and then it opened and then being in entertainment like like you, I'm not yes. Rock star, I can't even sing, but it it's it's good because then the whole general public gets oh these 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 women aren't scary these women are yeah 
Right. And there's, and then you break this sort of archetype that, you know, like being blonde, being friendly, being approachable. Um, thankfully, everyone's past that now. And I, I think, yes. that, you know, I was told I was dismissed a lot. My own community, I used to say, I don't need, I don't need Christians to burn me at the stake. My own community does it to me every day. I was up against so much flack from my own community saying that I'd, you know, become a witch to be famous. And I'm like, actually, I was doing better in my career before I came out as a witch. I lost so much work when, um, like, especially when I, I went from rock and roll into television and I moved from Australia to Los Angeles and I had a really big agent and all this opportunity and they were like, you're fabulous, let's make you more fabulous, which was, you know, incredible. But I just never got jobs because... Um, they would find out I was a witch and they'd go and they wouldn't take me seriously. It's different now. Now it doesn't matter. You know, it now matter. it's against the law to discriminate against witches. You know, yeah. but back then it really, it was hard. I, I did end up getting a show, um, Mad Mad House, which was a yes. with Sci-Fi Channel, which was a reality show um, and I was a host on it and I was the witch, you know. Other than that, it was, you know, I remember going for a casting to help uh, to co-host a, uh, actually it was to host a documentary about, that Jim Cameron's company was producing about his first trip to the Titanic, Mysteries of the Deep. And I didn't get it because um, of my, you know, my other, my other world. It was too, considered not family friendly enough. And, um, and yet I became friends with all of them and ended up working with them behind the scenes on those, those early Titanic documentaries when Jim was first going down in the submarines and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, but it had to be behind the scenes. The witch thing had to be hidden. And then when I when I started working as a commercial pilot in, um, you know, in a complete, you know, about face of life's, you know, journey, and that was in, um, I got into aviation. I was wanted to, but I actually became a pilot, got my private certificate in 2013, and then I moved out to the Caribbean and I want, I did humanitarian aid out there, which you can do as a private pilot. You can donate and volunteer to fly aid missions to do search and rescue do animal rescue, any non-revenue-generating non flight you can partake of um, and assist in and, and contribute. Uh, but through all of that, um, I ended up becoming a commercial pilot, you know, flying so much, doing the two missions to Haiti uh, in the wake of 2016's Hurricane Matthew. And then I went, you know, I came back to Los Angeles for, for a year from the Caribbean and... Uh, and got my commercial ratings and went back out and worked as a pilot. And I remember my first check ride with the first company. I, Because, you, you know, you do all your check rides to get your ratings through the flight school and everything else and as far as the FAA, you know, Federal Aviation Administration's regulations are. And then you've got to do a check ride for your boss when you're going to fly for a company. So I was flying on-demand charter for a Part 135 company in the Caribbean and I've got to do the company check ride. And my boss is sitting there, you know, in the right seat. I'm flying the airplane. I'd, get clearance to take off, I taxi out, I'm holding short the runway and he looks at me and he goes, so you call yourself a witch, do you? And I'm just like, oh, I mean, I, I look back now and I think that was pretty radical. I'm in a critical phase of flight, about to taxi onto the runways, accelerate and, and you know, take off. There, let's go. And and he's asking me, oh, you call yourself a witch, do you? And and I'm just sitting there holding the yoke and I, and I had one, actually I had one hand on the, on, the, on the controls and I had one hand on the yoke and I was like, Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> and he said, well, I think I said, yes, sir, I am, you know. And he said, well, I don't care what you call yourself as long as you fly the plane safely and bring us back and don't break anything. I was like, yes, sir. And I passed my check ride and got the job. Mm -hmm. And I went on to become the most requested captain for that airline uh, as the time went on, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I was my little joke is the uh, 
you know, a plane is a lot more comfortable than a broomstick and you can fit a few more people <laughs> on it as well. They might be obvious level up to me to go from broomsticks to airplanes, you know. I like it. If you ever get your own little private plane, put a little broom on the back by the tail, you can have You know what I've learned? Don't, it's like boats, you know, boat, B-O-A-T, break out another thousand. I've, I had a boat, in the, I bought a boat in the Caribbean and greatest day buying a boat, better day when you sell it, honestly. Same with planes. I don't want to, I'll display other people's planes. I don't want to own my own. That's right. <laughs> you are such a, again, rock star, pilot, witch, 16 books, Oracle Deck. How does your practice, your belief system, your 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 pagan, your witch, Wiccan belief system help you to be who you want to be in this life? How has that been a big? I think it's the attitude. I'm sure you'd agree with me. It's like the attitude we have. You know, the you know we we kind of we step into this kind of world of the craft, accepting. I was going to say believing, but accepting that we can create change. You know, the core of our craft is creative, you know, and whether we're uh, it, literally putting the hands of your spirituality you know, or the, the tools of your spirituality in your own hands, and this is a very simple way of looking at it, but, you know, when we create an altar in our own homes, when we do spells or when we, you know, when we might put, uh, put a series of things together in order to affect change and we believe that we're doing something that has, a, um, has an effect, mm-hmm. you know, you, you realise that, I think everything about the craft encourages you to take responsibility for your life and and do something about it. And it's not like like a simplistic way. Maybe when I was younger, you know, if I had a broken heart, I'd do a spell to find new love. And I wouldn't understand that the biggest spell I had to cast was actually on myself first. But I think the modern witchcraft, that, that information is out there now. And you can, you can see that what I love about the craft is that it's, it's creative, it's colourful, it's, it, it, it doesn't shy away from the tough stuff. It has space in it. It provides a safe container like my new Oracle deck, Dark Magic, to explore the darker, you know, inconvenient things, but also to, to step out into the light and, and, and feel expansive and, and co-create with the universe and I mean look there's there's lots of different ways to do that I spent time in the early in two early 2000 meditating with a group of Buddhists like for weeks and diving very deep into Buddhism and in that in that short space of time and it was tremendously um rewarding and 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 it was an amazing opportunity to be part of a community where we were learning together and and working to heal and help each other through the meditations and through the practices. Um, I was still a witch while I was doing that, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just I, I, I've worked out that I just, that's just what I am. And it's, it's, uh, it, it, it permeates everything, but it doesn't limit me from learning and exploring and growing. And, and you know, and even when we in ritual or or in ceremony or even spell casting when we might align ourselves with energies of different gods and goddesses from different cultures and backgrounds i mean christian day who created hexfest he said once oh i love witchcraft it's a scavenger religion we just go around and scavenge and you know and then there's the whole pc politically correct thing now like oh is it cultural appropriation is it this and it's that well, you know, we're all humans and at a point we're all connected and I think it's just as much of a crime to be precious about things as it as it is 
to um, not like allow people to learn, grow and explore. And uh, I was recently in Egypt and I had a really, um, it was like a bucket list trip for me. I spent a month there in, um, in uh, I guess, May and, and early June of, of this year, as you and I are talking, Patty. And, and uh, I had such a strong calling and really visceral, tangible communications and interactions with a specific goddess that I did I knew nothing about and I'd intentionally not researched or done a deep dive into anything to do with ancient Egypt. I wanted to go there as blank a slate as I could and see what happened. And um, this one particular goddess, you know, she just would speak to me in English and I'd see her in my dreams and see her everywhere I went and it was and I didn't try to appropriate anything there. She came to me and and I because I honestly knew nothing and in dreams and in, and then I'd, I'd look up after that. Like one morning I was, I was waking up at one in the morning and, and I'm hearing her in my head screaming at me, you must know me and in English, you must know me. And I'm waking up like, what, what am I supposed to know? And I'm like, and I look, I'll get my phone. I'm literally laying in bed and I start Googling her name and Google. I, I know nothing about this, in my head and then you know the journey was finding out a lot of things and and uh, she's my patron goddess now and it's 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 put me in a position where I'm going to be taking women into Egypt on these very much bespoke curated experiences next year 2024 it's like after that happened then all of a sudden this person that person this offer and all of a sudden it was like I'm meant to do it yeah so I wasn't scavenging I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to, you know, get get some career move going. It just all okay. and honestly, it's hard to fit in and it's hard to do. But I'm going to do it because it's it's a calling. I think my only mistake would be not to do it. Yeah. No. So this is when, as a witch, well, what does it all mean? I mean, I'm a commercial pilot. I'm an author. I'm 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 like this practical person, and yet this. Is really out there. I haven't experienced something as radical as this. It was so tangible as this calling by this ancient goddess. Then, since I was seventeen and eighteen, and knew uh, I'm a witch. That this is finally I found something that describes me that makes sense. That's beautiful. and then my patron goddess ended up being Lilith. My first patron goddess was Gaia, just because I that was just it, it was like the sense of everything, all the elements, everything, and then. And I bought a statue that was the, the millennial guide uh, created by uh, Oberon and Morning Glory Zell. And there was just one in this little store in Australia that was brought over from California. And so I was, I was kind of worshipping Gaia, the Greek goddess Gaia, you know, the, and, and, then, and then it became Lilith. And now it's, you know, I won't even, I won't say the name of my patron goddess until it's time. I'm waiting for her to I'm tell me. Ask, but I knew that you weren't going to say. I've, ju I've just been doing... Um, at my school, a goddess series on Wednesdays, um, they the goddess herself takes over every class. So if, if it's a little, you've got to just get yourself out of the way, don't you? No, it's just like you can't have. We try and analyze it rationally. You can't. You can't. You just have to do it. You just have to do what you kind of called to do, and get out and get Fiona, get Patty out of the way, 
and let this stuff come through yeah. for whatever it's, purpose, you know? It's it's just but it never feels it never feels nefarious or bad. No. It feels it's not easy. And and I think sometimes when you have these experiences, they a lot has to be taken away before it can be added in. So, you know, at, at the same time as having these remarkable experiences, I've had one of the most difficult years, a couple of years of my life, marked by immense loss, including part of my hand, you know, in an attack, like uh, the murder of my dog. That's just something that I haven't even talked out loud about, mm. except to very close friends, like the, the loss of a love that I thought was going to be the relationship of my life, you know. The loss of my home, the loss of everything, everything. You know, I'll sit here and smile and look nice. I'll put some curls in my hair. I'll put some eyelashes on to look fresh. No, this year has been, you know, more than this year. Being marked by, you just get to a point where you think, really? Okay, with all the lessons, here's another one. You know, and it's, it's harder than ever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm sober in a program coming up on 11 years now and thank, thank God, Goddess, all the celestial beings, thank the program and everyone who's a suffering alcoholic in the program along with me. And it's like you just, but it's like, you know, it's what we learn as witches. These things don't, tell, show, don't show up to show us how weak we are but how strong we are. And, you know, when I think of like our heritage of, of women and, and, and some men and children and even animals that stood in a, in a, you know, with, in, a, in a pile of wood with flames eating at their skin with their hands bound behind them being burned because they were witches, because they were healers, because they were different, because they weren't convenient, because they didn't fit in, because they were in the way, you know. Because they didn't do it. what they were told, it's right. Just, you know, we've got to just, you just, I'm not going down in flames. No. If I do, I'll rise like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> exactly. But no, you're not. One, if that's one thing witchcraft gives you, it's that sense of, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. And you nailed it when you said it. it our, our belief system is that what we take responsibility for our life and for who we are. Somebody else isn't going to forgive us of it. Somebody, you know, they'll help us. But the rest of the world or so many belief systems throw you into victim and do what I say and do what I this. Yes. So. So yeah, everybody's going to go through hard times and I'm so sorry about your dog and whatever happened. That would just, I'm it's just it's extraordinary times. I mean, I, I'd say it in the context because, you know, I, I want to offer that, that, you know, life happens mm-hmm. and you can be a powerful witch and you can be a, a wounded witch and you can be, you know, it doesn't stop you. It doesn't make, it's not like that. There's no magic spell that just makes everything perfect and easy. And, and that's good because yeah. that's how we explore our power and that's how we share and offer. I think the number one thing I've learned about being a witch is that we're a healers. So, you know, you, the underlying thing is I don't count my measures of success or by what I'm, I'm accumulating with my powers. It's what it empowers me to give. So when I share a difficult experience, I want people to know that it's if they're listening to me talk or thinking I'm cool because I fly airplanes and I was a rock star and I've written 16 books and, 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 and. It's, it's, uh, oh, I'm 57 and I'm healthy and maybe even now realising people, you know, starting to say to me, gosh, you know, what's the magic spell for looking <laughs> young? It's like, well, 
it's not. It's like sobriety, yoga every day, eating clean, but also your attitude and your head and your and your heart. Yeah, I'm over um, you. Yeah. You know, what are the options? I don't. I don't want to. Um, life is. Life can be challenging. <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, and it can also be magical and amazing. So. And we have the tools. Ah, that, that is that is fascinating. So um, before we go, I'm sure everyone's intrigued. But so tell everybody where they can find you and oh, everything you well, have. My, my, yes, thank your you. Books, your new Oracle deck, your social media. Yes, and and my biggest thing that I'm really excited about right now is I've created a Patreon um, community, and I was really pushed to do this by my dear friend, witch and musician, Wendy Rule, who's just an incredible woman, incredible musician. And she has a Patreon page and community. She's been doing it for a couple of years and, you know, she'll, she'll sneak previews of her songs there and she does messages every couple of days and all these great things And she was saying to me, you should have a Patreon page and, and it can be a, an environment where you can create a community. And, um, and I thought, you know, I'm so nomadic now and I just, uh, I, it, I love having a place that, you know, my home feels is like my Patreon community. It's the people who are my subscribers who I interact with and they feel as much as you have sort of like a, a sense of support in the world from people who are aware of your work. I call it not fans but family, you know, like it's like your family. Um, but the Patreon environment allows you to be even more intimate and, and to share, you know, and create specific, uh, unique content for your community. So my Patreon, I'm super excited about. It's patreon.com forward slash Fiona Horn. And I do a, a Sunday self-care message uh, where I do pull cards and I do sort of talk a little bit about what I've been up to and, and what themes are going on, ast ast you know, astrologically or astronomically. Um, and then pulling the cards to get messages and inspiration for self-care. So it's called Self-Care Sundays. And then I do a spell every month. Um, I'm reading one of my my autobiography, The Naked Witch. I'm reading that live on camera, which is a trip. Oh my God, it's one thing to write that book, but, you know, exposing all the dirt and then reading it out loud is really, uh, there it is. You can see it, The Naked Witch, my autobiography that came out in 2017. But, uh, but yeah, so it's like... Um, it's already time to write another autobiography, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Patriot, I'm really excited about. And I'm really, if people, you know, are intrigued or or, um, or want to support me in, in, in any capacity so I can keep, you know, doing, um, you know, doing what I do. Right. Um, then that's a really beautiful way to do it. And I'm really grateful and I get to get close with people. And, you know, and there's tears there. So it starts at $3 a month for that self-care Sunday message. And what I'm finding as it's continuing on is um, I love how people, once they're in the community, actually communicate with each other without me as well. So there really is a, it's, a, I think what the big feedback I'm getting is from um, particularly women there who say it's a safe space to talk mm -hmm. about things that they can't talk about at work, that they can't talk about to their husband, that they, you know, and they get, they have this safe space to contemplate their, their, their spiritual lives there and how, how their interest in witchcraft and magic is impacting them. And also they say they find it inspiring because I can give them, you know, the dirt on how to become a pilot if they want to. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously there's all, there's me there that's kind of the hub, but, you know, there's so much, there's many great Patreon uh, content creators out there, but I'm just excited to be a part of that world now. And definitely that's, 
that's something um, that I really hope will continue growing. And I, I intended to, you know, I'm going to stay very focused on it. That is good. Well, congratulations, everybody. Check it out. Are you still singing? Uh, taking a break from that right now. I did form a new band called Sea Witch uh, that happened for two years, uh, like when COVID happened and, um, you know, the airline I was flying for was grounded like everything. I couldn't work anymore. And so, um, you know, I went back to Australia. I was in the Caribbean, but I went back to Australia just because I wanted to be closer to family in those really uncertain times and just, you know, I lived overseas for a really long time, but you know, always went back to see mum and dad or mum and you know my brother at least every year, you know. And then it was like couldn't, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be back there. And then I was in a relationship, and we did music together, and that was that was the sad thing that had to end this year. So I had to sort of step away from all of it, and that was really a store an experience in self preservation as a woman. It was a very difficult relationship. So even as a witch, being empowered, doing all this cool stuff. I still found myself in an abusive situation that I, I really had to extricate myself out of. That's another story. So, but it can be done. And, um, you know, it just makes me even more aware of how amazing the sisterhood is out there. Other women that will rally around you and help you get out of a difficult situation, um, before it destroys you completely. And, uh, but I did do music with this person and, uh, I'm, you know, I love doing that. I was proud of it, but ultimately the, the belly of the beast was, not gonna it had to be it had to be cut well i'm sure another musical thing will find you i see it actually so oh, okay thanks yeah. patty we'll see what happens yeah and, and a combining because what i'm seeing is what is things are combining i mean you can't be the singing pilot witch on your broom but there's like bringing your magic into what you're doing i i just see it for you i just i just see um you might have had a hard year or two but it, it's a straight up from here girl <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So, okay. So, FionaHorn.com, check out her Patreon, um, social media. Are you big on social media? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got my Instagram at Captain Fifi. Um, and then I've got Facebook. Uh, it's, it's, you know, Fiona Horn official. But if you go to my website, FionaHorn.com, there's links to everything there. So, it's F I O N A H O R N E. It's probably up on the screen.com. Um, but yeah, link to my Patreon, my Instagram, my Facebook, YouTube channel, Fiona Horn Rewind. It's had like 2 million views. Now it's all my old appearances with the band and on TV back in the day. There's, there's like when I was on Celebrity Survivor, when I was uh, on how Celebrity, How to Be, a, you know, what was it? Uh, what is it? How to Be a Millionaire? What's the, is that the show? What's it called? Um, that There's all those shows, all those game shows. I mean, yeah, yeah. all those things, all those uh, Fun, fun moments of the past. <laughs> I love it. Check it out. So any f final words you want for everybody before we go? Um, I just, uh, let me think. Um, just I would offer final words for everybody. Believe in you, you know, and, and, and do that so that you can share it with others. It's not a finite journey when you connect with self-love. You love yourself and you accept yourself so that you can be more useful and, and a source of, of love in the world. So um, that's what I would just say. Feel good about being you and then go out and share it. Perfect, perfect message. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fiona, for being here. Thanks, <laughs>